We're on week eight of our series, The Nine. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit and what it looks like to walk in the Spirit and grow in all of these things. I want to read you the scriptures that we're learning from over these past weeks. It's Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Today we'll be focusing on gentleness. What does it look like to be gentle? To be a gentle person? To grow in the fruit of gentleness? And I want to share with you a light hearted story about being a dad. Um, unbelievably, I've been talked to a few people. I have two kids now in double digits. My oldest daughter, Talia, is going to be 15, and my youngest daughter, Kara, is 10. So I'm like, wow, I'm getting old, man. I'm 41 next week. This is serious. You see the grays. But when Talia was a baby, about a year, actually, she was a toddler, about a year old, she had the vice grip of death. She loved to pinch. And I don't know, she didn't get the hand strength from me because I don't have, my hands aren't particularly strong. It's not one of my strong suits. Maybe from the Vec. If you ever look at Vec's hands, they look like vice grips of death. He's hiding them now. That's how you make your father not feel uncomfortable. But she used to just pinch, like, by the neck. You'd just be watching TV, be like, Ah! She just grab you, ah, and just pinch you. And you want to act tough as a dad, but I'm telling you, those pinches hurt. And I say, Talia, gentle. Be gentle. And she kind of just smiled, like, whatever. But little by little, she'd start pinching less, and she'd stop. It took a couple months. But me and Natalie were constantly telling her, Talia, gentle. Be gentle. And finally, she pinches no more. But I say that in a lighthearted way because this message really is. Some of us are very harsh. Our words hurt people. Our looks damage people. Some of us are passive-aggressive harsh. The slam door, not picking up the phone, harshly letting people know we're not happy with them. We have a harshness to us. And what the Holy Spirit is saying through the scriptures today, he's saying, gentle, be gentle. Gentle, be gentle with each other. And so what we're going to try to tackle today, try to learn today, is how do we grow as a people, followers of Jesus, who are gentle to one another and trust the gentleness of God. And so there's three things we're going to focus on today, as has been our custom. What does gentleness look like in a Christian's life? Why should I cultivate gentleness in my life, in our life? And how do we cultivate gentleness in our life? I want to give you a working definition, because I love working definitions, because they give us words to really talk about what gentleness is. And this is from Christopher Wright, and I thought this was really helpful. Gentleness is the ability to endure hostility and criticism without aggression. Gentleness is the ability to endure hostility and criticism without aggression. 
It's not meeting hostility with hostility. It's not meeting criticism with more criticism. It's not no one talks to me like that. I got something more harsh to say to you. I can wound you deeper with my harsh words. I do not back down. Those are the, that's the voice of aggression. The voice of gentleness, the spirit of gentleness, the Holy Spirit wants to bear in us is people are going to be hostile towards us. People are going to criticize us. Especially if you're following Jesus, it says, blessed are the persecuted, for they are the sons and daughters of God. So we do not lash back with the harshness of the world, with fleshly aggression. We lean on the Spirit of God to give soft answers, soft expressions, and deal with people in a mild manner. That's the definition of gentleness. Now, those are some words. I want to give you an example that Paul gives in 1 Thessalonians 2.7. He's talking about this team that's coming to serve the local church. And he uses an interesting and helpful example of what gentleness is. And it's unique because it's coming from a masculine man. Paul says, But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. That's the example he gives, a nursing mother. Now, I don't know too many masculine men. Like, how did you treat the church today? I was like a nursing mom out here. You understand me? Like, that's not the first thing you think of with gentleness, right? But the apostle Paul is saying, the whole team, we were gentle among you. We were like nursing mothers caring for you. We were gentle with you. We were tender with you. We had a mild manner. And I was thinking about, you know, just that relationship between a mom and a child. And I just wrote this down as I was thinking about, because this helps us see gentleness in the example of gentleness. It says, a, a mom who nurses and understands, a mom who nurses her child, she understands that she is more powerful than the child she cares for, so she's gentle with the child. A mom who nurses her child understands she is more emotionally mature than the child that she's feeding, so she's very tender. A mom who is nursing her child understands that she is more self-controlled to her child than her child. So she adopts a mild manner even in the way she talks to her child. It's a very tender relationship, or should be a very tender relationship. Where the way we talk, the way we communicate, the way we interact is very gentle, very tender, and has a mild manner to it. Gentleness in everyday life looks like this. It's a soft answer when our spouse is very harsh with us. That takes the fruit of the Spirit. It's a controlled tone when our kids are disobedient. It's a controlled tone. It's a commitment not to posting on social media when someone posts something that is meant to foster strife, conflict, and drama. We are not called to be a harsh people. We're called to be a gentle people. Gentle like our Savior Jesus Christ. He said, take my yoke upon you. He said, I'm gentle and I'm lowly. My yoke is easy and my burden's light. If you live harshly, if we live harshly, your yoke's going to be heavy. 
Harsh people have heavy lives, tough lives. It's tough to live harshly. Gentle people, mild-mannered people, their yoke is easy and their burden is light. That's what Jesus is trying to teach us about the way of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, when we post on social media, I think this is a real issue with Christians. This is a side note. A lot of times, subconsciously, we don't even know, know this, when we're getting these big dramatic things on social media, subconsciously, it's a way to distract ourselves from the issues that the Holy Spirit is trying to deal with in our own lives. When someone is addicted to drama, the drama is almost like a drug you take so you don't have to deal with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. Amen? And some of us might not even realize that. But you will see a lot more fruit in your life. Like Jesus says, look at your own heart and your own life and your own soul. There's plenty to work on there. Let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. And let us be servants of all. It's also a way when we, I just feel pastorally want to lead us in this area. It's a way to have a false sense of power when we post harsh things on social media. So we might feel powerless in other aspects of our life. It's a way to throw something out there and have a false sense of power. All these things are works of the flesh and do not produce the fruit of the Spirit that you really want in your life. So I implore you, as Proverbs 15, 21 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So we see the what is gentleness. We see that it's the ability to endure hostility and criticism without aggression, and we see that the example given in Scripture is like a nursing mother, tender, mild-mearing, uh, mannered, caring. But why should we cultivate this? I mean, especially in Boston, man, it is greatly valued to be more aggressive. You'll be looked at as weak if you act gently. Some of these questions go through our mind. You won't get you what you want if you're not aggressive with people. But the way of Christ is much different. I want to give you two reasons to cultivate gentleness in your life. Gentleness helps prevent divisions, and gentleness helps people heal from the harshness of life. It prevents division, and it helps people heal from the harshness of life. I'm reading a book called The World Lit on Fire. It's about medieval times. And it focuses, uh, the portion of the book I'm in right now is on the time when the Catholic Church, which was at this time extremely corrupt, and then you have Martin Luther, the great reformer, and they're disagreeing with each other. As I'm reading this book and what happened historically, I was amazed at how harsh the church was, was with each other. I just couldn't believe it. Killing each other. Putting each other on stakes and, and murdering each other openly. The things they said about each other to humiliate each other did not bear the fruit of gentleness. And it cost lives, and it was division, and so much strife, and so much anger, and so much death. That still rings out a little today, even in the Christian world. But you know what Jesus, one of his 
what I believe one of his, all his prayers are great, but one that always stands out to me as a, such a powerful prayer is in John 17. Do you know what Jesus prayed when he prayed for his disciples? He prayed that we'd be unified, that we'd be one. And this, hear this. What example? One like who? He says, Father, make these disciples that believe in me, make them one like me and you are one. I and you and they and us and he brings it all together. Cause them to be one. What is the enemy's greatest tactic against the body of Christ? Division. How does he stir up division? Harshness. Let me be quick with you. Let me be aggravated with you. Let me disagree with the way you see baptism. Let me disagree with the theologian you like. Let's divide over those things because he wants to get us so focused on things, those things that we forget that we're unified by the greatest thing in all the cosmos, that Christ is Lord. And harshness will cause us to divide, but when you are gentle, you promote unity, triune unity, like the Father, Son, and the Spirit in the body of Christ. Gentle people promote so much unity. Now, what is something we are usually divided on? That let's just use, we're talking big right there with history, right? Let's bring it to the local church. What, like, we have, we have like over 100 men, women, and children that call this church home now, okay? Guess what you're going to have? Different opinions. You're going to have different opinions. What do we have different opinions on the most? Amen. Politics, right? How do I say this gently? If your aim is to divide the body of Christ, argue about politics. If you wake up like, I'm ready to divide this church. Let's talk about politics. Let's do it. Just throw that on the table. Say, hey, you want to talk about the wall? It's people like, what? You don't do that stuff. Now, there is a way to gently disagree with each other, but not allow it to divide us. Amen? And you know a way that's going to divide us? If we post harsh stuff on social media. And you know what the tool is? So I'll be honest, we have Republicans in here, we have Democrats in here, we have Libertarians in here, we have people that don't vote. They still complain, though. You vote? Nah, this was mad out here. You can gently disagree with one another, but what you don't want to do is start to say, if you're in my camp, you're in Jesus' camp. Right? Jesus is with the Democrats. Jesus is with the Republicans. Jesus is with the Libertarians. Because what do you do? What do we call that? We call that aggressive manipulation. It's not gentle. It's not gentle. It doesn't promote unity. Please hear me, brothers and sisters in Christ, because this is what gentleness would do. If you gently love your brother and sister in Christ, if they're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, or don't even vote, you will promote the unity that Jesus prayed for. Amen? And that can be done gently. Let's not give in to the enemy's schemes. He's won for too long in the body of Christ. 
And let it not be said of Restoration Road that we divide over foolish things that are passing away. Let's fight with the gentleness of Christ. There's a way to fight gently and to care and not be harsh. The second way is gentleness helps heal from harshness. I've heard many of you say that you've been hurt by pastors and leaders who have lorded over you. Some of you tell me you've been hurt by nuns who were too harsh when you were growing up in Catholic school. Some of you have been hurt by brothers and sisters in Christ who have been insensitive. And it's been very harsh. It's been very hurtful. It's been tough to bounce back from. You know what helps you and helps us heal from the harshness? Gentle brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers, sons and daughters in Christ who show grace to one another. That helps us heal. Because it's hard to be hurt like that. It's hard to be dealt with harshly. Whether it's overbearing pastors that have lorded over you, I pray at Restoration Road, even when our pastors are even correcting you, that you feel that it's done gently. That you feel that it's done gently in love. Not in a lording over. And the scriptures say that. Gently care for the flock. Don't lord over them. I pray that helps you heal here. Maybe you have people in the church embarrass you and deal wrongly with you. I pray at Restoration Road that people deal gently with you, and if they don't, they apologize. An apology is such gentle communication. When we apologize, that's a gentle thing to do because we're going to need to apologize because there's no way we can run this race perfect. Right? Maybe you grew up and you experienced bullying. I've been pastoring people for a little while now, and I'm telling you, I've talked to people in the 60s and 70s that still have the effects of bullying and still look at the world that way and still are afraid. I pray that through the gospel of Jesus Christ at Restoration Road, you feel the grace of God and you are healed through the gentleness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, recently, last spring, we have been in a stagnant place as a church for about three years, I felt, as a leader. We've been in a stagnant, comfortable place. And I looked at myself first. And I said, this is a problem with me as a leader. And one of the major things I identified, I said, I'm too aggressive. I'm too aggressive. And so I met with one of my mentors over at Cafe Cibo or Chibo. I don't know what the thing is called yet. And so we sat down to have coffee. And he's an older man in his late 60s. He has some years on him of serving Jesus. So you, you always want to be mentored by people that have some years on him serving Jesus. And uh, I was just talking to him. And sharing my heart, and I said, the night before I was at a basketball game in Reading, and I got in someone's face like I was going to start a fight. Your pastor. He said something. I said something. The next thing, I'm in his face, and I'm like, you want to come to Restoration Road? (laughs) 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 And I'm like, it bothered me so much that that aggression was still in me. I was like, Joe, are you kidding me? You're a lead pastor of a church, and you're in a red and white league ready to throw down? 
it bothered me so much, and I met with him the very next day. And um, I'm in Cafe Sibo, and I said, the Holy Spirit's moving. I'm too aggressive, and I don't know if I can stop being aggressive. It's the only way I know. It's the only way I know. And I start crying in Cafe Sibo. I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me. It's a small cafe, you know. So I'm crying in Cafe Sibo, and I'm like, I'm too aggressive. And you know what he said to me because he's a gentle man. He said, Joey, in a gentle way, he said, your assessment is right. Your assessment is right. He said, but God's not going to leave you this way. He's going to restore you. And not just to as good as you once were, but better than you've ever been. That's what restoration is. It's making it new. It's making it new. And you know, I pray over this past year, I've been, fruit is gradual, but I pray I've been more gentle with you. But I want to encourage you, because some of us in here might be like, I can't stop being harsh. I can't stop yelling. I can't stop being aggressive. I can't stop intimidating. Christ can make you gentle. Christ can make you gentle. The Holy Spirit can do that work. And the fruit, the Spirit of God does that work. You know, so I want to give you just a couple things to think about. How do I cultivate gentleness in, our, in my life, in our lives? The first one, I just want to exhort you, like that story I just said. If you've been a harsh person, you've been harsh with your family, you've been harsh with your friends, you've just been harsh in life, would you repent of that? Would you repent of that? Many of us grew up in homes where aggression was a value. We grew up, there was yelling, there was pushing, there was shouting, there was slamming. And without saying it, aggression was something that was valued as strength. Emotionally volatile, emotionally aggressive, emotionally abusive. And so without even knowing it, we adopted the way of aggression because if you back down, you were looked at as weak. You don't talk to me like that. I'm sick of that. You don't say that, right? Aggression was a value. It was something we weren't directly said aggression is a value, but it was an undertone of something that was valued so high. Christ wants to change that. And he wants to heal us. Because when we adopt gentleness as a high value in our homes, in our church, in our communities, it promotes unity in the family. And it heals. God has called our families to be gentle. He's called our church to be gentle. And we need to value that. I think part of it is my second point, we have to be convinced that gentleness is more powerful than harshness and aggression. No, but really convinced with the way we live our life that gentleness is more fruitful. So I want to ask you this question. Is harshness 
and aggression more effective than getting what you want? Is harshness and aggression more effective than getting what you want? Yes? Is harshness and aggression more effective than getting what God wants? Is harshness and aggression more effective with getting what God wants? Absolutely not. You will get what you want if you are aggressive. But many times it's the work of the flesh you'll get. You will see the fruit of the Spirit with what God is trying to make happen when you use gentleness in all its power for the glory of God and the good of others. Amen? When I was in youth group when I was younger, when you're in high school, you're trying to build a reputation. It's foolish, we know, but it means so much at the time. So we're in a youth group. They got the worship going. If you care about your reputation, you're not singing. Right? Lift a hand, you want to be made fun of. So I'm not singing. I'm talking to my buddies. The worship is going on. The song's going on. Whatever. Ha, 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 ha. A youth leader walks over me. Big dude. Lifts me off my feet. By the arms. Brings me close. Says, praise God. Drops me. Let me tell you what didn't happen. Oh, holy father. I didn't stop singing. I was petrified. In his mind, if he only grabbed this kid, lifted him up and yelled praise God in his face, he was just going to start worshiping like father. No, because harshness does not work. You might seem to work in the moment, but its root is fear and not love. And it will not have lasting roots that produce fruit. It will die off right away. The sun will scorch it. There's a scripture I've been meditating on that has been so helpful. It's in Psalm 1835. When David's praying to our God, he says, You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand has supported me. And hear this, Restoration Road. Your gentleness has made me great. God's gentleness has made us great. Brothers and sisters, I think you would agree that God has been very gentle with us. Our whole lives. And it's much different because when people are harsh with us sometimes, we do sin, right? So we're imperfect people being harsh with each other. But when a perfect God is gentle with you, that makes you great. If anyone has a reason to be harsh with us, it's God because of his perfection. But his gentleness has made us great. And at the heart of being gentle with each other is trying to make other people reach and be great the way that God is calling them to be great. When you're gentle with others, you're helping them to be great. A great servant, a great follower of Jesus. 
That's what gentleness does. It really works. Gentleness really works. It really changes people at the heart when you're gentle with them because we know the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it changed us. And amazingly, the cross expresses the gentleness of God in such a powerful way. Because he who is most powerful, Jesus, is experiencing the greatest hostility, the greatest criticism that anyone has ever endured. The Christ was called a blasphemer. He was called possessed by Satan. That's what they called our Christ, our Jesus. They said he's possessed by Satan, he's a blasphemer, and they murdered him. There's not a greater hostility. There's not greater criticism. But did Jesus respond with aggression? No, he responded with gentleness. And that overcame death and it overcame sin and has set us free. That is the power of gentleness. His gentleness will make us great. His gentleness has given him the greatest and most powerful name there ever will be. And let's grow in the fruit of the spirit of gentleness by the grace of God. Restoration Road.